Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Johnny Boy. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> Alrighty, and we are doing the most controversial episode of all time, defending controversial movies. The movies themselves don't necessarily have to be controversial, it's just controversial to like them, for more of a better clarification. So, we just are going to circle out in no particular order, just because... We got a bunch of them. We got movies where it's just like, yeah, no denying it. It may not be, it may be imperfect, but it's not bottom of the barrel. Sorry, I like it. <laughs> and Erica was just uh, mentioning a few other movies, which coincidentally were <laughs> movies I was going to defend. So this is first right up to get us in the mood. I'm going to defend a Serbian tell. I'm sorry. It may not be perfectly made. It may be gross in many degrees, but... It's not The Room. It's not a movie where you're just looking at it and you're just like, I don't know what's going on and it's taking a different kind of form of entertainment. No, it's well-intended. Is it heavy-handed? Sure. But it's no worse than Eden Alive or, you know, It's Alive, you know, those kind of... It's an exploitation picture made in a modern-day era that's still kind of sh showing how people can be trafficked or made slaves in any kind of industry. And I felt sad, so that was good. Right. I, I got to say with um, a Serbian film, I think it's like, I think it's an excellent film, honestly. It's thought-provoking. It's well-made. It's beautifully shot. Um, and each time you try and chat with people on this, they're just like, oh, you can't like that. I'm like, well, right. you know as well as about, anyone else. <laughs> all they hear about it is the newborn porn scene, and they don't know anything else about it. So yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, that's a brief scene. Even I don't remember that scene. It's like, they're just angry that a fake baby got raped in this movie. And it's not, it's not explicit, and it's not a prolonged scene, but they just know about that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah, it's like anything that just kind of had just something they heard about is like, well, again, just like with any film, you have to actually watch it before you make a judgment call. Mm -hmm. I'm going to suffer for the whole thing before I say it was boring. So it's like, yeah, no, I very provoked by it. I still see people just constantly lampoon it. And it's like, well, I'm just going to bite my tongue on this, but no more tonight. Right. <laughs> Let it out again. Okay, so I will let you go next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
well, I'll probably be easy on my first one because this is the one that everybody went crazy over and particularly one certain kind of people, I should point out, and that's the hunt. <laughs> Why was it prolonged? Why was it rescheduled? Why was it? <laughs> I wonder why, because it's them hunting deplorables. That's what they always say. Oh my and God. I'm like, I don't think you realize that that's actually the heroes of the movie, you dumb. I just don't understand that. Everyone's a hero until they get hunted, basically. Exactly. And, and since they're the ones with the guns, they're safe for now until... And the sad part is, if you watch it, let's be mild spoilers here, but if you watch it, they don't even pick a side, folks. They hate to break it to you. They don't. So if you want to then pick either side, guess what? You're screwed. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> so. I guess I enjoyed it, honestly. Uh, I got the Blu-ray, and there's some good special features on that. It's really deep. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any special features or uh, commentary tracks on that, but I thought the movie itself was a lot of fun, and I thought they did a good um, job. At, I mean, it being very satirical about mm -hmm. crazy political extremes that we're at in this country right now. Makes a good double feature with Ready or Not even. <laughs> I actually yeah, prefer them or not, to be honest. Well, I know that's controversial to say, but they they both got good points. It's just it's pretty much what are you in the mood for? What kind of a you know your next and hard target mashup? You know, <laughs> that's basically it. Um. Yeah. So no, Erica. Now you are on the stand. What movie? Uh, I think okay. you're going to go with your uh, friend's movie. <laughs> I am going to go with my friend's movie. Um. I'm going with Andrei Iskanov's Philosophy of a Knife, uh, which gets a lot of very mixed reviews. People tend to really love it or they really hate it, but even some horror critics like at Dread Central, and I think Bloody Disgusting, if I recall correctly, gave this like zero stars. You're right. And it's actually a very well-made movie. Definitely not for everyone because it has some very prolonged torture scenes and it gets kind of hard to watch on an emotional level. But when you consider the budget that Andre had to work with and that uh, most of that film was shot in his own apartment, like on his bed or in his kitchen, and he makes it look like he's in a medical facility, it, he actually accomplished a lot with a very small budget. Um, another like absurd criticism I've seen of the film, though, like people complain about the snowy landscape scenes. They're like, oh, there's like 10 to 15 minutes of time of just like snow it's like no there's not there's maybe five minutes of snow in the whole four-hour movie he clearly saw a different screener or got bored and they I, love plenty I of bad got movies bored or something but yeah there's yeah. <laughs> there's really not that much snow in the whole film um just they're remembering it that way for some reason But it's it's also like just historically interesting, and uh, the only reason my friend decided to make that project was he was introduced to this old man who um, was a Soviet spy and was stationed near Unit 731 um, during <laughs> World War II. 
so he wanted to like interview this guy for his eyewitness experience before he died because he was like over 90 years old at the time perfect (laughs) so he spent weeks interviewing this guy and then built this whole movie around it that's enough of a good take on it i mean because that's kind of how a lot of these movies where people are losing their mind or being tortured kind of just go. This is like, go with something where someone is lost and that's how you get inspired, especially if you're scouting out these places. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. the paranoia. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and I still actually need to see this movie, but I've seen the clips and I was like, yeah, no, this is fine for a movie that's just really, if it's not experimental, it's at least just edgy and gonna take a few viewings to even get a take on it so Uh, yeah yeah i mean you can definitely get a good feel for what the movie's like by just watching the trailer on youtube um i also think it's impressive that andre did he did his own special effects he composed a lot of the music for the film um he did all the editing for the films i mean he's almost a one-man show aside from all the actors even better and you've spoken numerous takes on how he's just very organized (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and you know everyone gets a starting point you know he had like done like some short films and i think this was like his first feature um actually it was his third feature film um but it was the first feature film of this scope like the other ones were more uh fantasy based uh, maybe a, a touch super festival movies yeah. yeah this got a big like blu-ray treatment and everything so that was cool <laughs> okay well even better uh well who wants to go next <laughs> <laughs> you go next fine i'll go with reach me which is kind of just another just kind of all-star cast, crime, dark comedy, kind of Tarantino-esque. And I just saw, what is the reviews for it? It's, it had a terrible score. It's like 4.9 on IMDb. What is Rotten? 4% on Rotten. I'm like, no, not even. Not even, no. Like, it had a high user score and everything, so that's why I checked it out. I, I fully recommend it not necessarily but it was by the director of two days in the valley which was kind of a similar movie john might i know has seen 15 minutes was like but this was a, just a different change of pace this is like a kind of a bunch of it's going on the whole magnolia falling down kind of formula just a bunch of unrelated people all coming together over violent or bizarre incidents and it didn't drag at all and i've seen other people compared to some other films like crash and grand canyon i think that's fine uh but it's like i i was pretty enthralled i it's an all-star cast including uh tom berenger's a self-help uh author who's not seen until like later in the movie you got chuck zito from oz and sons of anarchy in there you got danny trejo you got thomas jane in a hysterical segment as a undercover narc who busts 
a bunch of guys. Terry Crews has a brief moment. And, of course, people saw Kyra Sedwick or Sylvester Stallone, so I guess some people thought it was going to be, like, one of their kind of over-the-top movies. It's like, no, that's not it at all. <laughs> They're just part of the cast, and they've been part of ensembles before that weren't necessarily too good. And this one, I mean, I went in cold. I saw it on Star's channel, and I thought it was pretty interesting. It was actually based... No, actually, it was inspired, but, yeah, uh even with the whole tagline, this isn't about getting rich, but believing in yourself, don't even be fooled by that. Just go in ice cold, just not knowing anything about it and have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't well, drag or feel like it was too many cooks in the kitchen. It just was straightforward, just all-star cast dramedy. <laughs> hmm. Have to check it out. <laughs> well this is one that I saw like years ago when I was a kid and I found out years later how much the critics hated it especially when you see it score on Tomatoes 3% which I still think is ridiculous to this day <laughs> and as the blessed child and I, bless the child yeah yeah bless the child that's the one and i just don't understand why you just seen this one erica it's kind of a omen i don't think i've seen that huh. i mean it's a very interesting supernatural story director of the blob and eraser and elm Street three yeah and i don't know i think with this I mean, it's a story you have seen before, but I think the way it's directed by him, I think he manages to make it creative with his approach. And we got cast like Kim Basinger, Jimmy Smith's, Christina Ricci. I mean, they give it their all. That's what I've always said, is that if they at least put some effort to the performance. Yeah, TNT had that on the can That's... for a while, and it seemed like they were embarrassed to even talk about it or show it. It would always be at like four in the morning, never on a regular mm-hmm. afternoon. It's exactly. like, Jesus, it's not that bad. <laughs> they act like it's one of the worst films ever made. I'm like, there are way worse films that y'all praise, especially nowadays. What was that other one around the same mm-hmm. time that had like Ben Chaplin and Winona Ryder's, like something? Oh, Souls. Lost, Lost Souls. That That's was the... way worse. <laughs> yeah, way worse, particularly with that dumb twist. Um, <laughs> but no, that's one that I always defend. I mean, I even have my review up on Movie Elite, you can read that. And I don't know what else I can say. It's one that I think people should revisit at some time to realize it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not even bad, it's just no. straightforward. Which some movies should be instead of just being overly complicated. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of over convoluted ones, that is for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, Erica, back on the stand. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I was looking through a a list of movies that have like a positive uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And was kind of surprised to see a low down dirty shame is on there. 
Oh, that was my other pick too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should all talk about that because I knew I know like Cameron has some stuff to say about it. So another friend of mine, Andrew Deboff, is in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and I really don't think it's a bad film. It's not. Sometimes, I made the like, mistake maybe of the humor is a little uneven in places. Maybe the pacing is sometimes a little uneven, but it's not a bad film. It was like it I, not serve a zero percent positive rating. It's crazy. Is that what it rates? Yeah, zero percent. No. Yep. Jesus. Why did no yeah. one even make Yeah, because a... the same it's the same type of quality as Highlander Two, isn't it, critics? Give me a break. Yeah, yeah it's clearly. I've seen, I've seen much sh- worse. <laughs> Didn't Roger Ebert give it a good review? I mean. I thought Jeez. he did, but I guess it's not on there for some reason. I don't know, but yeah, it's not reflected in Rotten Tomatoes anyway. Jesus. Zero percent. <laughs> looking at how many reviews. Because that can put factor in, too. Um, Jesus. Zero percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it on like another site, too. Yeah, zero percent, which is crazy. Um, 21 Rotten Reviews. I... <laughs> But yeah, have to have been someone. Reviews is not actually a very good sample size. Not at all. So no. it's like it's not I'm... statistically valid. You need at least forty to have a statistically valid sample. I'm totally. That's like rounding up all your cousins and having them rank your movie. That's. Uh, but weirdly, Mac and Me, which is a film that Andrew has a brief cameo appearance in, that somehow got 4% positive review. <laughs> <laughs> which means someone somewhere gave it a positive review, and I don't think that mm. film deserves it. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Slow Down Dirty Shame deserves some love. <sighs> Jesus Christ. And no one has even been ballsy enough to even rank it as like movies that scored on there because they know damn well it's got a big audience. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone needs to just quit their day job. That's why I stick with Metacritic because even if it has a bad score, you know, usually the ones that have bad scores had a limited release, mm-hmm. and then or you know they don't repeat the reviews. They do actually read it. Sometimes it's not perfect. The guy clearly gave it a you know. Uh, two out of five as opposed to a four out of five but you know it was easy to be mixed up when there's no stars and then you're having a word for prediction (laughs) okay i'm gonna go with the stoning of soraya m this is a very well done tragedy you know about an actual person and it tells you about just rights in the middle east yeah there's legit complaints. Jim Caviezel is wearing a weird nose piece <laughs> and makeup, but he's barely in the fucking movie, and you're gonna kill a movie based on that? Jesus. <laughs> just so much honesty. And it just seemed like there was just so many people who just hate, just called it preachy. There's, of course, people like India sometimes hate it because how dare women speak their mind. <laughs> ostracized and mistreated it's just like jesus christ are there that is there that big a lack of empathy because yeah there are boring movies that are tragic and there's really nothing to them except just tragedy the story isn't fleshed out to make you emotionally invested it's like woodenly acted no sir no 
you're talking about Shara Engelush. It's like, if you don't know who the hell she is, she's been in every kind of movie. Uh, the Cuban, Last Night's, obviously X-Men, Nativity Story, but she's, you know, been on plenty of other movies and shows. The X-Bands, you might have seen her guest star on Grimm and NCIS. It's like, terrorist mom on 24. And it's like, yeah, she she's been around for quite a while and always dynamite actress. And it's like, you're, you're going to tell me this is like garbage. And it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> this is a very heartfelt, very hard to watch movie, especially when the actual title stoning happens. <laughs> it looks like legit rocks being thrown at these people. And well, at this person, this one person, and uh, it, it just shows you how people can just be accused of taking a side, and it's not hard for people. This movie does a good job of just showing people will jump on the bandwagon still. Mm-hmm. And it does not matter. It's just, they will do it. And this filmmaker's done plenty of other good TV movies about true life incidences that were racially or sexually motivated even a movie about ronald reagan being shot and what went down to that so i feel like some people were just going against him because he might i don't know maybe because the producer he has is politically motivated or something's like yeah but i doubt he was he wanted to just tell an important story i thought the path to 9-11 was fine even though some conservatives liked it and liberals hated it because guess what? It's dramatized. I get it. But I didn't see any actual legit flag waving or propaganda. So I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. So same here deal here. It's just like, this is a very positive movie and very heartfelt and, yeah sure the guys worked on other movies that are clearly by uh religious propaganda people but this movie has definitely got no propaganda to it (laughs) stop confusing the artist with the art i've not seen that one myself i've not seen that one either Um, it took a while because it had a shitty rating so i was like do i want to waste time and it's like well this has pretty good user scores and blog scores (laughs) jesus (laughs) well this and so many investors do not say they don't care i'm like well you better start you should start caring about what people say about you because if it's bullshit well you can be wrecked for a while All right, well, you go next. Well, let's see. Well, there's another one that we talk about that also gets 0% on tomatoes. And I know you also somewhat defend this, even though we both know the behind the scenes of this one, the director and all, because of one certain producer, and that's Ballistic X versus Seven. Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm not gonna say it's a great film by all means, but took a while. I never thought it was that bad like some people say. No. It's not perfect. It's a live action anime with spy movie elements and it's also a fun conspiracy kind of movie and Hong Kong influenced movie, but oh, out of all 
uh, out of all the movies that were, you know, in a post-Matrix age, it is not a, you know, annoying with music played awkwardly every so often and badass mm-hmm. roles for both leads, Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas. So, yeah. <laughs> and as everyone knows, I've already talked to the director of that and he told me more about mm-hmm. me being shoved yeah. off the set of that movie <laughs> by a little known prick known as Andrew Stevens. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right, Erica. So my turn. Um, another one I guess I'd like to mention is Fear.com. <laughs> yeah. Universally hated. Same and producer again, and company, believe it or not, as the one we yeah. just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised there. Um, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed that movie. I saw it in the theater. Um, I Ooh, thought interesting. it had uh, some, some really good performances. I, it had a couple moments I thought were shocking. And I thought the torture scenes were pretty intense, especially for a movie that came out before the whole hostile and saw torture porn wave, so-called torture porn wave. I hate that label, by the way, but um, this movie kind of did some of that before that became trendy, and maybe that's why it flopped so badly, is it was just maybe a few years ahead of its time. I definitely don't recall it being graphic-graphic. It was just the right kind of just find the killer on the internet, embracing the danger of the internet. Yeah. It's been quite a while since I've seen it. Yeah. I recall it just being kind of average, and I watched it, and I was like, I don't hate this. 3% Jesus and it was definitely watchable it came on Spike TV one night and I was like I've always heard shit written about it and it's like no yeah. this isn't anything like ghost shit where it's a weird cult movie or like some of those other movies that had yeah. shown for having shitty mm-hmm. endings and everything and mm-hmm. you know I was a big fan already of Natasha McCone and Stephen Dorff so it was like okay what's wrong Right, right. <laughs> Director of the House on Haunted Hill remakes. So I was about to say, I think they were disappointed because it was from that director and they thought it would be something more than that, but... He kind of disappeared after yeah. a while. It's just like, did. what he the hell a, happened? He did a movie called Parasomnia, which was honestly not a very good movie. I mean, I wanted to like it. It had Jeffrey Combs. It had... I know, though. Yeah, and it's just the budget. That one wasn't there very good honestly and he also directed an episode of um masters of horror back in the day but yeah he kind of did fall off the radar yeah it started out until from the crib and perversions of science and freddy's nightmares and it's like (laughs) disappeared yeah damn (laughs) so much honesty yeah, no, good pick. I I think it was definitely before just everyone kind of got out of control and said, let's see how gross we can be. And it's like, well, it's not. <laughs> I don't recall it being that gory. Was it that gory? I think it was just like here and there. Well, like, there, I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering it as being more gory because it was before that trend. But when it came out of the theaters, I thought it was pretty gruesome. I, it was definitely intense in the music and all, but yeah, it was like mainly they were just making you think someone had died, and I think it just got mixed up with all the ring knockoff movies that were coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It definitely has that sort of ring vibe going on. You die because people do die after watching this, and yeah, don't yeah, get me wrong. If you want to tear it apart from how realistic everyone's responding to it, it's like, yeah, obviously it's exaggerated, but 
as escapism, it's not bad. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, what's the user score for this? <laughs> Free fresh reviews. <laughs> Let's see if they reflect. <laughs> A lackluster movie that is nonetheless extremely creepy and made with respect for an all too disdain genre and snowing fans. Three out of five. Thrills are all cheap, but they mostly work. Dallas Observer, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. A mess when it comes to the characters and writing, but way underneath the skin like few movies have in recent memory. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone knew what they were getting into. Go for the scares. That's all you're going for. That's all we're going for. It's better than Valentine or Bones. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I hated oh both God. Those. I hated Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> there are quite a few movies on these films list that I do agree like yeah these were shit movies right to where you only want to bring it up as a yeah, the only time it even uh, attends your DVD aisle is when it, it, someone gives it to you as a prank yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh man yeah, I don't, I don't ever recall. I just only saw it here and there in a bit, and it's like, Jesus, everyone's just jumping in on bandwagons at this point. This is not as bad as all these other movies that Wes Craven put his name yeah. on. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, Wes Craven. Yeah. Dogs. Even some <laughs> of the films he directed, and I hate to say it, but some of them were just not good movies. Oh, but you can't say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And if we ever say this, we get thrown in front of a fire squad, but what do you know? Here we are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> mm. So, on this discussion, are we also covering movies that we do agree are bad, but they're so bad they're good? Or is that... Absolutely, absolutely. yeah. Just movies yeah. is like... So, if I want to start you off, I'll go with the... You know, it's like, okay, yeah. It's a really shitty film when you boil it down to it. It's a really bad Skinamax piece of shit, but... And having seen it even in the theater with the updated riff tracks is like, I was like, wow, I never knew it went so out of focus so constantly. And it was even funnier because they had updated the jokes to include Bill Cosby and Robert Durst type. <laughs> so it was like even funnier. It's like, yeah, Tommy is kind of a creep, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I never, even then, it's just a funny movie. Time goes by so fast. There's a reason Adult Swim does it as a Valentine's Day prank on occasion still. So it's like, yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. Nice. <laughs> Not intended. And there's some good things to it. The idea could have worked. It's <laughs> shitty, but it could have worked. And it, <laughs> it's also just kind of, if you really want to break down to it, it's kind of philosophical in so many ways. This is like the most mainstream directed video movie. <laughs> That was made for 30 million bucks and went to theaters. <laughs> and there are some people who legit like this movie. They're just like, it's so surreal. It's talking about life and everything. It's like, yeah, it is kind of talking about that. Is it successful? Not at all. <laughs> but no. it's, a, it's a very hysterical movie. It's just people, there's a reason it's taken on a Rocky Horror, the Apple kind of vibe. <laughs> It is as funny as one of those canon film shit fests or 
any other just dismal, you know, Phantom of the Paradise type of musical where you're just like, I don't know what's going on, but it's hysterical. Ah, uh, interesting. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It is a piece of shit. And it is so funny how people have rewatched it and caught on stuff that I still, it would have taken me the life of me to even care. It's like, oh, that's supposed to be the same person played by a different actor. Yeah, no, there's gross stuff. I don't want to see any, I cringe. I have to close my eyes. These times there's naked shit on screen and <laughs> I keep waiting for Johnny to blow his brains out. Cause yeah, <laughs> who doesn't at that point in the movie? Just dial. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a king of the bad movies, so it's just kind of like, yeah, no, if you think that's the worst bad movie you've seen, is like, yeah, well, you were laughing the entire time, so I doubt that was the worst one you saw. It, a movie has to be just, like, forgettable, frustrating, to where you're just, like, everything just reeks of laziness. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, Office Christmas Party, I'm way harsher on, because that had an all-star cast. It was kind of a relatable formula people misbehaving at work and it was an r-rated comedy and you know just none of the jokes landed and none of the cast was given anything enough to do let alone enough funny stuff to do so it's like okay so it's not funny it's r-rated and making use of every you know hee hee bad language in the book and it's still not funny <laughs> nope so why don't we just watch Gremlins or Die Hard this year instead for the billionth time for Christmas instead of this stupid movie? So it's just... nice. <laughs> Alrighty, John, you can fire away now. Well, I'll mention one that's it's not so bad it's a good category. It's one I actually like. And speaking of ones that Wes Craven put his name on, this is the only one I like that he put his <laughs> name on. The point, just to point out, and that's Dracula 2000. <laughs> now, I know people will come after me for that. <laughs> I like, I understand. Yes, it's not like Coppola's version or even the Lugosi's version, but to me, who makes that movie quite a bit is Draw Butler, as I am a huge fan, as Cameron knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh, laddies! I'll play a And I've always found him to be actually quite underrated, as um, I thought he had you know, the presence to him. And I think everyone just reacts to the CGI, but it's definitely not atrocious CGI like so much no. of we're so used to seeing. <laughs> Especially ones nowadays. It's definitely better than Dragon Ball mm -hmm. 3000. I never bothered to watch that, so I'm good. Yeah, please uh, don't. <laughs> it's funny, but oh, it's painful too. Oh. I'm sure. <laughs> but plus, I mean, with this one, I also like the twist that they put into Dracula compared to other films. Which had just a terrible sci-fi twist or some other stuff where you're like... Usually. And at least with this, I can say it was least creative compared to other ones. And I mean, what can I say? I mean, I'm a sucker for the, the, most of the cast in that movie, and even the direction I think is fine for the most part. Totally. Alrighty, Erica, how will you hold off the firing squad? Oh man, 
So, yeah, going through these lists, there's a lot that I do agree are bad movies, and I don't want to defend them. Uh, <laughs> in terms of some uh, of, of bad have... movie, like, I know this movie shit, but I kind of enjoy it anyway, like, because it's such a train wreck, would be Things. Oh, yeah, is that the... Things. It's shot on VHS. And yeah, yeah, that was like a... Yeah, that was like... Hot. I, done in 1989 then released in 93 yeah you can even find that in too but that you you asked some of those guys John, uh, uh, what's his name is like that was inspirational for the VHS horror film phase yeah 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 it's like um, it, the, the music is catchy wreck that it's like it's kind of fun and like they have a, a cameo appearance by porn star Amber Lynn and she doesn't take her clothes off <laughs> they have her on as like a news anchor and they put the title cards you know, like somewhere off to the side so like you can see her eyes are like way off to the right while like, her face <laughs> is she's reading these like these like news script cards or something she's probably, was probably just incredibly confused about what the hell this movie was Right, uh, and just the fact that they're when they're becoming a thing or mutant is just—it's done with such love. It's kind of like the Pilini brothers, and it's like it's definitely way above some of David DeCantel's unwatchable drivel, where it's just like, no, this is just bad, you know. It's just, and this this one, like you say, is just—it's just silly. It's just fun, and it's kind yeah, of what I like it, from. They also like botched the sound on the set. Um, oh, the sound is totally awful. But it's also yeah, they had to like redub everyone's voices. But then like their the dialogue doesn't match people's lips, and obviously these people weren't good voiceover actors at all because they um, like they don't even scream right. It's like they don't want to just let loose or yeah suppressing the sound to from disrupting other people or something some but. of the betrayals that happen are also fun that's where you get a lot of the great shouting and everything oh yeah yeah oh <laughs> no no sense whatsoever oh. no <laughs> but, but it was done with love yeah. though is this like yeah that's one i can watch and i don't like hate myself for watching it's just it's just funny it is the rare kind of funny because it's like they were so trying. They're not at all successful, but the difference between that and especially all the other stupid, so bad they're good ones we've done is like, well, yeah, this is it. It's like it's it ha it did have a plot. It did have actors who could have done the work. They just weren't doing enough takes and <laughs> care and overwhelmed and <laughs> it. The fact that they're all mutating is just kind of fun, and it's never dull. And again, yeah, the sound sucks, but it's also not to the point where you're just like, "Ah, oh, my ears hurt." <laughs> right, Somehow right. they made it work. <laughs> it was like done in Canada. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it is a Canadian film. Pen exploitation. There you go. Yeah. The set, the lighting was good in that they had so many red rooms and everything, and you know they couldn't show the chainsaw, so they just had someone running towards the camera. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> A lot of people have noted how it's similar to Alien and Evil Dead and Cronenberg. I'm like, that's too nice. It's just its own special weird vibe. 
<laughs> Good pick. Yeah, the torture <laughs> scenes were just so weird too. Like I don't know. There's this there's this scene early in the film where the the main character is trying to I don't know. He's trying to have another woman act as a surrogate for his wife so they can have a baby. And standing there totally nude, but she's wearing this really hideous devil mask. And it's like, why is she wearing this mask? It has nothing to do with the plot. There's no reason for this. Well, apparently, he, like, the director couldn't find an actress to do nude scenes, so he picked up a prostitute. So funny how he's it, impotent, and yet this is also an incompetent movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, um, so it's it, double she, negative. <laughs> she agreed to be in in the film and do the nude scene, but she didn't want her face to show. So that's why she's wearing this really awful mask. But oh god, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's wild, and it's what you get also when the actors are also the filmmakers. So it's like yeah, 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 right, <laughs> and. I, I take it everyone who's you know who's seen it, the Casio keyboard gets stuck in your head. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> soundtrack is kind of infectious. <laughs> it's just so bizarre, and yet that's kind of just what. Again, you can see they're trying, even though they're just terrible at everything they're doing. Is that, and yet it's not the offensive kind of terrible. It's just, and again, people just can't set it apart, and they're like, oh, it, it's. I'm losing interest. I'm like, trust me, you're going to have a lot of interest when you watch this. <laughs> oh, it's true. God. It's true. It's like, and he's being buried, and it's not even all that submerged in the ground. It's just very Looney Tunes in his logic. Yeah, it is. Mm. Good pick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Oh, Hard Rock Zombies. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just fought endlessly at this. It's a Canon Films production, and to me, I even like it better than the second uh, Return of the Living Dead, just because, I don't know, the stuff that happens in the second act of that movie pisses me off, even though it's clearly the better produced movie. And don't get me wrong, it has nothing on Return of the Living Dead 1 and 3. It's just, it's still the same kind of just, it's just a weird music video. It makes sense on an adult, an adult swim level where it's just like, okay, so there's a bunch of people in these towns with these theaters. There's these midgets and other guys who are cannibals and everything. And, oh, Hitler showed up randomly and he got eaten by the zombies. That's funny. <laughs> and I listen to the soundtrack at least once a year. It's it's on iTunes. It's one hell of a cool soundtrack. Other people hate it. I'm like, no, this, this is no different than any of this other 80s metal and pop music. It's fun. And <laughs> I get that much like, uh, oh, what's the other one? I even talked about it on one of these podcasts. Uh, uh the the one with the TV interacting. Uh, I I know the one. It's the where the things are coming out of the TV. Sh 
It's not oh, oh. similar, but it's something dead. Uh, video dead. That's the one. Yes. Okay. That one's kind of a hot mess, but it is a hot mess. But it knew what it was. It's like this one. These guys didn't know what they were making. They were high as fuck. But at least they were clearly going for some kind of weird, distorted comedy. And I don't know. You can see it on YouTube, and you're gonna just see is like I feel like I might have seen something weird like this late one night. I didn't know what the fuck it was. Yet. <laughs> It might make a difference if you're begged, but I, I'm just easily amused by stupid movies, even though that's not the point that they're going for. And this one, it, I don't know. I, there's something about it. I feel like there's got to, there's definitely some metalheads out there who are like, oh man, that movie's insane. And obviously, a lot of people find it painful, and I'm like, well, that's fine, but I'll take it over a lot of these other bigger budget movies that are just have everything to show for and I'm still just bored by them or not scary and right. not finding them scary. And yeah, it's like this one, it could have easily been a random cartoon or something. It's just that loopy and loopy. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take it apart, there's a lot of other stuff is like, yeah, are they hanging out with an underage girl? That's not cool. But then there's some other stuff where it's just like, at least the gore isn't competent, but it's kind of it's the same kind of thing as things where it's like it was done with love though. <laughs> Some and yeah, I think the the dwarf actor in this was also in like uh Romero's uh Land of the Dead. So there's a connection for you. Nice, nice. <laughs> You just uh, mentioned, uh, you made a comparison to Return of the Living Dead 2. Interestingly, that is also on a list of films that got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, really? Yeah, and I don't understand yeah. why. It's not a bad movie. It isn't a bad movie. Probably they meant part four and five, which are definitely... Well, those are bad movies, but no, I didn't see those listed there. I saw the second one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Probably because no one was giving great zombie movie reviews, or they weren't even playing them all that much, but Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, I have issues with it, but it's not... It still could easily be a top movie of the year or whatever for that genre, but... Yeah, exactly. The fuck? <laughs> I, the only issue I have is with the kid in that. I don't, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> Although I do give him it was stones to actually kill a kid midway through the movie. I'm like, yeah, you couldn't do that now. That is true. Oh, nope. Sorry for finding him so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it was more, I think, to do with the acting and versus the dialogue they were saying, but I don't know. <laughs> Probably a nice guy. Right. Probably. <laughs> Probably did plenty of conventions back in the day. I'm sure. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so Hard Rock Zombies isn't Evil Dead, but I would definitely like to do a double feature with that. <laughs> I could see that. There you go. All right, John, you're on trial. <laughs> well, this is one that, well, I could say it's the second Antonio Madero's movie I can mention on here. <laughs> He's getting a <laughs> I might as well at this point. 
and we mentioned it before in the podcast, but it's him and Stallone together with assassins. <laughs> and it's certainly an interesting movie to watch with those two. And, oh and somehow they managed to make it work, even though why that with the Chalskis, they rewrote those scripts. No, they did which... the original script and then it got rewritten by why well, yeah, I know. Why they wanted to disown because it wasn't their vision anymore. And don't get me wrong, I'm gonna defend the Wachowskis later on. <laughs> I'm sure. And well I do have one of the movies on the list. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but um It's not. I, I know it's what you're gonna go <laughs> Okay. But no, I just thought I mean it's Richard Donna, which may he rest in peace now. And pretty suspenseful. It is suspenseful, and I think those two play off each other very well. Nerys Particularly... does his best Tarantino-type character impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why he's always fun to watch, even in bad stuff. And although it's interesting, I, t- I told you before, that the director wanted to switch the roles from Banderas as the lead, so long as the villain, which I still would be interested to see. Still I don't know if it was how they worked. So it probably wouldn't have worked, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. But it would have been like, interesting at least. Definitely a better movie than one likes to think just because the lowbrow title is like, no, it's pretty straightforward thriller. Exactly. All right, good pick. Uh, Erica. <laughs> oh, gee, okay. Since I kind of skipped ahead by mentioning uh, Return of the Living Dead 2, I got to pick something else. <laughs> probably um okay so a lot of people hate halloween the curse of michael myers and it's on some list of like top 100 worst films is that part it's, four or five that's, that's part six. Five. Oh no oh that's six you're right <clears throat> yeah or, or is that six i don't know yep at six okay hmm. i get a little like mixed up with some of those but i mean it's not the best halloween sequel but it's not terrible there are definitely worst ones in the series. I'm just like, um, yeah, there's definitely way worse ones. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's uh um let's see, is that the one with um Daniel Harris, I think? I believe so. Yeah, she was in some stinkers yeah, and then um it's definitely better than Resurrection. Yeah, Resurrection was really oof. But uh Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I should say, it, as somebody's a fan of H2O, I was really mad at that one. Oh, yeah, I did not <laughs> like H2O particularly. Although, oh, speaking of, okay, so here's controversial more than that one, even. I actually <laughs> really liked Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh, I don't at all. <laughs> I hate that one. At all. Actually, um, so, okay, maybe... maybe Fred Durf is good. a little skewed um for this because i mean i'm not a big fan of that whole franchise honestly me neither but i'm not even a big fan of the original one i think the original one is boring at it's least bad. rob zombie did some things with the characters that were kind of unpredictable and kind of went against the original franchise 
I, kind I, of, I think more or less, I mean, part three is kind of where the whole thing kind of starts, and that one got mocked at the time, because they're like, oh, we want Mike Myers. I'm like, that was never true. about Yeah, Halloween 3 is also underrated, but I, I feel like that one at least has gained some appreciation now, which is why I didn't bring it up. Like, No, that's fine. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think just at the time it came out, because it had that Halloween label on it, and people thought it would be a direct sequel to the first two, and it wasn't, that people were pissed. It's just too many cooks, because like, I mean, with H2O, you know, that was basically a scream, what you did last summer movie, but, yeah, you know, more competently made, and with Myers just as the bad guy, and it was just trying to end it, but it was also trying to make too many people happy, and then, yeah, part six. Happy. Yeah, well, and part <laughs> six, I guess you could say they tried to wrap it up, I guess. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. yeah, I don't love that whole series, but I do like some of the entries in there that are not particularly beloved by other people. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's part two was well acted. It was just kind of, I guess you could say, it was definitely better than the first remake he did, where it's just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I also think it was better than his uh, his Halloween remake because I thought that was actually kind of boring, and it's like I don't need that much backstory about Michael Myers traumatic childhood because you end up at the same point that you're gonna you know end at basically yeah it's like you can leave some mystery there but i thought the sequel actually had some interesting things going on and i like the fact that they had Lori go crazy at the end of it and <laughs> gonna become the next michael so i thought that was actually a cool ending he might have in a way almost tied it to his devil's rejects movies <laughs> right yeah there, all those sheriffs there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Enough of Halloween. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh so I'm gonna just branch these all together. Die Hard Five. Fun cinema experience. Taken two and free. I can see what's going on. Stupid? Yes. Straightforward action? Yes. Death Wish free. Hell yes. <laughs> I'll take that free. one. Rambo free for me that is where the whole fucking franchise ends he didn't have to do all this other dog shit and with CGI gore and just ego stroking for me it ended up with him helping out in the Middle East and just escaping from Russia that's all it had to do it should have ended in the 80s no more of this bullshit and instead he just kept going on and on and on and I'm like no no thank you for me he was just fighting all the commies and it was and everyone likes to talk shit about it now because oh technically that was the taliban that's where osama bin laden was raised i'm like i don't give two fucks who he was helping at that time in that moment they were allies and he helped them out <laughs> it's <Christ. sighs> shit, i don't need all this other just one hour of nothing going on followed by all this other stuff in the dark and other shit it's like jesus ah <laughs> uh. Fuck that last movie. I know a lot of people are now trying to defend that one, but when he falls on the rocking chair, it's like, okay, so I get two minutes of decent action in an otherwise uninteresting, redundant movie, and then he just goes back on the chair and he's like, I'm done. I'm like, are you fucking serious? It is just done straight face, no inside joke, nothing. I'm like, Rambo wasn't meant to be this over the top. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, stupid action heroes. Okay, no more of those. I swear I'm going to go back to <laughs> more easily mocked movies. All right. You be the judge now, sir. 
Well, since I mentioned Wachowski's, I figured I'd do Spree Racer. Since that's one I actually didn't appreciate when I saw in the theater at the time. And over time, it's actually one I prefer, I prefer that to the anime, to be honest. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, but to me, it's more watchable. Um, <laughs> but I know not only with the you know the type of colors they use, but also I mean the cast is so good in that movie, especially John Goodman, who I always adore every time I see him. And right. I mean, the only thing that bothers me in the movie is the, the kid and the monkey. I mean, take them out, I'll be fine. <laughs> I I can't stand them each time I watch it. But besides that, it's just a fun movie. I don't know why people are so just uptight about it for some reason. I, st- I just don't understand. It's just baffling to me. No, but it was good. It wasn't great. And the trailer was No, it's bad, not great. But... <laughs> It's not the worst movie, like some people say. I don't get that. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good pick. All right, all right. Ah, okay, it's me. You're always right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh no. So now I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes list of worst horror movies, and most of these I agree they are bad, and I wouldn't want to watch them again. But. <laughs> no, no. I have to admit, I actually enjoyed Urban Legends Final Cut when it came out. Oh, not Maybe that I one. I enjoy it so much now. <laughs> but I thought I, it was interesting. I can it watch it. Of, but, but then again, it, it was kind of part of that late 90s, you know, meta trend. And a lot of movies in the 90s were, horror movies in the 90s were pretty weak. So just because this seemed better than a lot of other movies in the theater at the time doesn't make it good. But well, that's maybe just slightly better than other films coming out at the time. Totally, yeah. Another I, on the list of bad movies from that same vintage was I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. And I, I agree that one's bad, and I'm not going to defend it. Um, oh, that's just it. And I, and so, I well, uh, both those two movies you mentioned is, like, I just keep my mouth shut about it. Because I know there's tons of people who like them. Flaws and all, and yeah. then there's other people who's like, oh, why would you think that? I'm like, because it really, at the time, wasn't that different from all the other screen formulas. They even had some of the same writers, even though they weren't successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's very true. So, and they were just doing the trends that we saw in, you know, not necessarily even Giallo stuff, but also just a lot of the 80s slasher late night stuff. And it's just like, but it was, you could argue the 80s ones did it better, but. Everyone forgets that those were mocked before they were appreciated, and I don't believe in guilty pleasures. And it's like if you like them, you like them. If you don't, you don't. But yeah. I, I just found them all watchable and bearable, with mm-hmm. a lot of forced humor and <laughs> a lot of decent gore. But it's like it wasn't ever going to make any top ten list. It's just it's popcorn. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most everyone, when they talk about what I did last summer, they just pretty much remember how it begins. You know, it's like, yeah. it's pretty much a good formula for any kind of movie. It's like, yeah, you found a body, you shouldn't be messing with it, and now you got characters with weird morals and ethics. And yeah. 
unfortunately, I saw more of part two because it was on every other Saturday. And so I just kept going, hey, is that singer Brandy? Hey, that's Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Urban Legends is like part three, I think, went to video. And I think I coincidentally, that's the one I've seen the most. I still don't know what to make of the first two. I just say, okay, you like them, you don't like them. It's just... It's just I like the first one. I like the first one up until a point. I would say, particularly <laughs> with the twist. I thought that was just dumb. All right. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Uh. So shit, I am up next. Jesus. Uh. Hellboy, twenty nineteen. <laughs> John hates this oh one. boy! Uh, <laughs> it was just like the comics, so that's why I dug it. I I dug the Mexican version of the Scorpions, uh, "Rock You Like a Hurricane." That just totally got me in the mood. My sister dug both versions. You really can't tell that it's a different actor. Like Harbor does such a good job of imitating Ron Perlman, yeah. so it's like he was trying to make everybody happy. I hope they do a sequel because they could actually build upon it better. And I thought that was a good movie too. I mean, I, I didn't mind it at all. It's more of a, I was in a Wishmaster mood, well, and so that's I support exactly... that choice. <laughs> oh, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. Some of the CGI isn't great, and some of it could be better. And the director disowned it, and it's just like, well, see, that's just it. It's just because they didn't leave him alone. That's why I didn't go to the premiere. But I just saw so many people who weren't gonna like it before they even went. And I was like, are you serious? It hasn't even come out yet. You were always against this movie. Don't get me wrong. Millennium Films has done shady shit before, but they're not <laughs> forcing fake reviews and everything. And Thomas Hayden Church, I didn't, it took me looking at the credits. What is that voice? Who's that guy playing that fake comrade and everything? I was like, oh, that's hysterical. I didn't know that was him. I'm glad he's still working. <laughs> nice, nice. It, 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 if you read any, and the comic book creator was supportive of both versions, but that's not enough. It's like, I gotta hate it. I gotta hate it. Fuck you. It's not out yet. I am, but I hate it. I'm like, and I get it. It isn't for everybody. It. My uncle would probably watch it and like it just because he likes the original Hellboy, but just, you can watch the first 2004 one, but 2019 one I like just as much, if not better. It's just because it was pretty much embracing the nuttiness of that whole wacky universe <laughs> where he's like, he's not really even a hero or anything. He's not even really part of a team. They're just pretty much part of a secret organization that just cleans up every other mad scientist created monster. <laughs> and the other rest of the cast was good. They had some other funny inside jokes, especially Daniel Day Kim, who Erica know from Lost, John from 24. And it's like that. He had some good stuff in there. And I, when he showed up, I wasn't disappointed. He actually had a meaty role as a because he had a pretty bad track record of movies for a while where he would just show up and just die or something. I was like, what's he even doing in the movie? Oh. Okay. You know, what's interesting about his role is he would place Ed Scrine, I think that's how you say his name, who was the villain Deadpool, because he was supposed to play that role. But then everybody got upset over that, so they replaced him with Daniel Day Kim. Well, and that was a bad on their part. It's like, yeah. you only need to read the script and look at the surname, and you know what that character is, you fucking mm -hmm. idiot. But that's the other thing, too. They wanted to mm -hmm. use that against the movie, and it's like, 
they're shooting it dirt cheap in like both Bulgaria and New Orleans. So it's like, okay, someone got it out, someone wanted it to fail. So, but it made decent money. It's just whatever. <laughs> you don't like it, you don't like it. You do like it, you do like it. Jesus, worst of all time. Millennium Films has done way worse <laughs> tributes like Legend of Hercules. Now that one, oof. <laughs> yeah, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, how about you go on the Valerian stand and John Carter stand? <laughs> I'll do more Valerian since John Carter seems to be getting some love now, but to me, Valerian, I could say, was the victim of poor marketing. That's why I put it. And that's why I blame the studio for the most part. That's why. It's like they even advertise from the guy who gave you Fifth Element. Fifth Element. And <laughs> Jesus, guys. I just was like, well, it's visually stunning, but it doesn't have as much oomph as I would like. But yeah, I'm not going to bring this up because I know everybody is just like, has this on, totally just wants to light it on flames. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought it at least was interesting. And granted, I never read the comic it was based on. I never knew it was one until later on. But. I don't think it was that bad, like some critics say. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's perfect, by all means, but I'm not going to go like a lot of film critics, which is why I don't try to listen to them as much. They go, oh, it's one of the worst films of the year, one of the worst films of all time. No, you haven't watched a lot then. Just point <laughs> that out. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I mean... Like I said, I don't think it's great, but at least they were trying. That's, I can at least say they put some effort into it. Which sure. is more than I can say with some films they praise. But oh, totally. If it's a, it's a, if it's a on viral Adam Sandler movie, yes, put that on the firing squad. But yes. A Max Steel, yes, that's a kids movie that makes absolutely no sense. But no don't, sense. You know, don't bash something stupid like staying alive or mega force because it's like hey it's not successful but it's not you know wretched to where you just is like oh i i just can't stand to watch any frame of it <laughs> <laughs> if i'm laughing at it, it it's doing something right even though it's not <laughs> oh all right erica yeah. So it's time to talk about the Human Centipede Part Three. <laughs> oh, no, one. no, it's not. That's actually a terrible movie, and I can't. <laughs> um, Poor Eric Roberts. I know that was. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a, a film that I, I rewatched recently, which, when it came out, got a lot of one-star reviews. But actually, looking back, it's pretty solid. Um, it's called The Resurrected. Oh, the 91. I have that Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Um, directed by uh, Dan O'Bannon and starring Chris Sarandon. Uh, it's an H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft adaptation. And there are some fantastic creature effects in that. Yeah, not a bad movie at all. 
Like, yes, I mean, if you're a horror fan, you should watch it for the creature effects alone, but, like, even the story isn't bad. It is a little slow in places, but does not deserve that those one-star reviews that it got upon its release. Right. I definitely think that's recommended. You could even do a double feature with that in Cemetery Man if you really want to get pretty surreal with how edgy the yeah, 90s were getting. That's true. That's a good point. And it, it is definitely one of the better 1990s horror films that I've seen. I think that, like... Uh... Kind of like uh, Clive Barker's uh, Nightbreed. It always had its fans. It's just, you know, that one got cut up by the studios and was kind of a late night head. And this one, it was kind of more, I just don't think it did that much business. So it just embraced the growing trend of VHS tapes. And it was just one of those people came upon it later on. It's like, well, it's been pretty big on cable back in the day. But yeah. <laughs> Zero percent, Jesus. Surprise! <laughs> no one's defended The Exorcist too, but I don't think any of us can defend that either. Uh, so. no, no, I would only recommend it to my worst enemy. <laughs> Actually, the exactly. Only thing I would recommend about that would be the soundtrack. Oh well, it's there's always going to be a great or... soundtrack in a bad movie, so that's just it too. Yeah, it's yeah. like. <laughs> you just take the soundtrack by itself, it's a good soundtrack, but that's kind of the only good thing I can really say there. <laughs> I guess the plane crash was inspired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool for that one batch of mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I am going to definitely get lit up. I kind of like dark crimes. I'm giving it a five or a six. So you're going to mock this, but it's okay. It's way better than the other movie Jim Carrey did called The Bad Batch, but that was just a confusing post-apocalyptic movie that was whatever. It's like, it's a five, but it's better than all this other boring shit I'm seeing on some of the <laughs> other sites. This one had... Uh, yeah, just Jim Carrey just analyzing a true crime to another murderer. And it's like, it's definitely one of his better performances of recent. And 0%, Jesus, no one got into it. I would It would at least be a five. And this is what I hate when people look at this and they don't get anything from it. It's like, okay, if you want to bash number 23, go ahead. It's kind of a cool concept that gets too loony for its own good. But this one, this is definitely the better version of that one because it had the concept it just wasn't interesting to everybody and it goes on way too long for my mind and you got to be in a certain mood but it's not it's got some horror elements too and it's just like but it's not to where it just turns you off or you're like what is going on <laughs> no it's not that kind of bad and like they were hinting at it being i'm like yeah no i mean it's not perfect and it's not going to make many lists but it's definitely worth watching for the actors so <laughs> yeah, i've been curious about that one for a while now uh it's on tubi so knock yourself out Every, <laughs> everything is on streaming so it's like that's just it you literally don't lose much <laughs> a movie can be done over in five minutes <laughs> that's so true 
There's some movies where it's like, I don't want to even look at the plot today. I just want to go to the content. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it multiple times anyway, but at least you can say, hmm, not sure how I feel about this, but it's not pissing me off so far, so that's good. <laughs> All right. Fire away. Well, this is one that I know some mutual friends of ours seem to love. And while I don't love it like some of them, I can, I don't think it's a 12% Rotten Tomatoes right there. I don't think it's that bad. It's not great. That's Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, good pick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Loved watching that on Sci Fi Channel and all the movie channels back in the day. Still do. Yeah. It may not be scary, but it's no, fun it's not creature scary. effects and just the whole cast is fun. I love how the black guy is constantly saying, not today! <laughs> Making fun of that. I love when movies are self-aware and do that whole trend. It's like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. Not. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's Jamie Lee Curtis' worst movie, like she says. Oh, no, yeah. You made a lot worse, Jamie. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't I don't have any care for when an actor says I knew it was bad. It's like, yeah, well you still did the work, so fuck you. <laughs> and, I saw how I saw house arrest, so don't start. Oh, yeah, good point. But <laughs> when you're when a movie can be a crapshoot and still be a good movie, that's the other thing that no one gets. There's movies that people don't seem to realize they were hit blockbuster hits, but all the tabloids were saying Things aren't looking too good for this movie that's been reshot and everything. It's like, and studios, if they want stuff to fail, you know, everything is so corporate, they'll gladly link it to some sister company and ask them to make a mockery of it on the six o'clock news because pe people are just dumb. Why not just make money off of a, a movie, good or bad, instead of want it to fail just because you just personally don't like it? It's just, people are that spoiled with their millions. But yeah, no. It, I didn't watch it for the longest time. It seemed like everyone was just so Same united up. in its hatred of it. And I was just like, this is a fun creature feature. Yeah, it's a little iffy at first. It's not even the most interesting when the satellite stuff, that's a little too formulaic. But I mean, after about 10 minutes, you get going into it and adjusted. And the cast is fun. It reminds one of just definitely older, just abandoned ship kind of movies. And <laughs> Could have been more intense. It even could have been more gory, but for what it was, it wasn't bad. No, not at all. I feel with that, with Virus, like, the special effects carry that one, definitely. Um, I feel like the writing was kind of weak, but I love the concept, and I love the, um, the different, like, machine-human hybrids that come out and keep evolving into more complex things, like, there were some badass effects in there, and they were disgusting. So I really like that about it. Uh, yeah, and to mm -hmm. just throw it all away and act like there's nothing to recommend. I'm like, yeah, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, no. I have seen plenty of movies which have virtually nothing. Not even the content is enough to make up for the lackluster script. It's like, yeah, for this one, they they were getting pretty creative with that angle of it. Um, just need a little more extra push when you put it definitely ranked up with all the other you know underwater terror movies um so yeah looper oh uh, wait uh oh. 
you're 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 going next. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you were about to say Looper though. I didn't know. That no, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, my, my bad. The the channel of Looper.com. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was, okay. Looking, I was looking at the bad <laughs> batch, and this guy I think pretty much sums it up. This is George Miller, Sergio Leone, and Alejandro Jodorowsky, all mixed together. I was like, when I was talking about the other Jim Carrey movies, like, yeah, I saw this on Netflix and I was pretty mad about it. But this is basically it: cannibals and millionaires in the future. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just looking at something and I just spoke aloud. <laughs> so I'm actually like kind of running out of movies that um, <laughs> other people hate, but that I think are like worth seeing. Because like as I go through these lists, I I tend to agree more and more with the people who don't like these. Um, right, especially if you rewatch it a few a times. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to say, like, so zombie strippers ended up on a list of uh, <laughs> movie horror movies that <laughs> ended up with like a zero percent positive rating. Um, funny, like that movie was filmed in my hometown, Lincoln, Nebraska. Nice. Um, it has uh, Robert England as the sleazy strip club manager, and uh, um, I think. I recall correctly, Jenna Jameson is one of the strippers. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but I know uh, about it. <laughs> but that was like, I thought that was a fun movie. Of course, it's not deep. I don't think anyone would go into it. Why would you expect it? <laughs> no. Expecting, you know, like some kind of high art or something, but it kind of did what it was supposed to do, and I got some laughs out of it. I totally. don't think it deserves a 0% positive at all so. totally what's you guys' take on the mothman prophecies oh man i haven't seen That's... that just um didn't hate it i saw it in the theater i think it's okay yeah, and my, my brother's actually more of a fan of that one than i am oh it's funny is if you even want to get a blu-ray treatment you got to basically get the region free uk release it's <laughs> like shit oh, really? that ignored a movie yeah. And I've seen so many people talk about it over the years because they've seen weird sightings like that. And it's like, well, I think people just get so caught up in like real life claims. You need to just accept the movie as its own thing. And mm -hmm. why do people do this? It's like, okay, yeah, I don't believe the ghost story, but if I, you know, that's not going to stop me from enjoying a genre piece of a movie. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It seemed like it was just on the shitting list for a while and and also had a high score and people didn't hate it but oh we just can't we just can't recommend it because it didn't make x amount of money i'm like jesus hmm. christ money 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 these wow. days yeah well <sighs> heaven's gate <laughs> okay. is it a boring piece of shit or is it a good movie that's not great I was thinking boring piece of shit. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I found it worth a watch, but it's also not one that is like, I don't have to defend it. I've also seen way worse. I don't know if I saw the director's cut versus the theatrical cut. It was interesting seeing all the big all-star cast attached to it, including uh, William Defoe back when he was an extra. <laughs> I do think the sound is pretty bad. That's kind of why everyone had trouble hearing it. Um, I would have to rewatch it again to analyze. 
either way, I've seen way more boring movies. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care for The Witch. I didn't care for... What? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. Just, if I don't like the first <laughs> half of the movie and the, the plot twist mean nothing to me, it looked good. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Uh, God, what's the other one that everyone talked about? Uh, going back up to this other list. Alien Free, I guess I'll defend. <laughs> I'll let you defend that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a decent, straightforward feature. Feature I, the recut is definitely the better way to go, because the first one, the theatrical cut that we all saw on cable and in theaters was just too fast. You didn't have enough time to. <laughs> I do like the score to that movie. I'll say that. And there you go. The set design kind of brought me into the movie and. Didn't make a big mistake by killing off the other characters we know and the like. Yeah, absolutely. But Yeah. But I mean as a standalone sad horror movie, I'll take it for what it is. <laughs> I could probably mention one that I know also has to defend those, but I wanna keep defending this one and I talked about it on here before we did our creature episode but <laughs> deep rising is one i've always defended yeah to this day i just <laughs> adore that movie so much and the thing that people don't realize about that is that it's very tongue-in-cheek i don't think people grasp that at all they think it's entirely serious trust me i've met people like this like <laughs> they think it's Incredibly serious. No, it's not. It's really not. And it's baffling. <laughs> I try to introduce somebody to this, and they they take it extremely seriously. I'm like, no, this is a tongue-in-cheek movie. <laughs> I mean, especially with Treat Williams' character. I mean, come on now. It has Han Solo type of character, which is ironic since Harrison Ford was supposed to play that role. Jeez, I was playing a bigger budget. Yep. But he didn't want to do it, so... More people would have seen it, probably. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, some, some, some of the CG is dated, but... You know what? I can deal with that more than some that was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. But... It's just fun. That's what I always, always loved about that. I mean, not only with the cast, but also... I mean, Jared Goldsmith's score, which... I always go back to and listen to it all the time. And... I don't know what else I can say about that. Although I will say, the poster that the release for that is terrible, which is the one with the woman on the cover. Oh reason. yeah, the posters are bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the DVD cover is much better. That should have been a poster, honestly. But <laughs> they didn't want to bother. Jeez. And plus, releasing it in January was also a dumb idea. That should have been a summer movie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, that's just baffling. But yeah, I've said too much about that. Right. I'll keep. I'll just keep going on and on about you guys <laughs> all day. <laughs> oh, Erica, anything you want to defend? Um, Steven, I... 
want to passionately defend. I'm scanning this list though, and I I vaguely remember Doctor Giggles, and it keeps ending up on these worst horror movie lists. And Ugh. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I'm not saying it was excellent, but I had a good time with it. And it depends could, on the day when I watch that, because there's been days where it's boring, and there's other days yeah, where it's I could see that. <laughs> um, and I keep seeing Halloween three on a bunch of these lists, which that's a beat that dead horse. Halloween three was awesome. Yeah. Like maybe it just shouldn't have been called Halloween three since it's not really part of the rest of the series. But if you just take it like on its own terms, <laughs> it's a, it's a cool movie. There's like, you know, Tom Atkins is great in it. It's a really cool concept. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Critics. Yes. I, um, I like the, I like the exploding mass and, yeah, or the other things the masks do. I wish they had had more deaths on screen with the Halloween masks. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna complain a little bit about that, but it's like this is not really? one of the horror films ever made. Come on, it's not For like sure. Man of the Hands of Fate or something. I'll actually defend Monos. Monos is just I, I hysterical. Kind of, I kind of would under that so bad it's good category. Don't get me wrong, it's incompetent, but it's so strange you just can't take your eyes off it, which is more exactly. than I can. It's for like some captivatingly of bad kind of like things where it's like this train wreck you can't stop watching. It, yeah, it is kind of like incredibly strange creatures. And although that one is even more just out there and it's like this one is just <laughs> funny just hearing the elevator music. And just all these other weird characters. This is like it doesn't really it doesn't really know what it wants to be, is it? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw movie? Is it a psycho type movie? Is it a just movie with cults and a neo western vibe? Is it a road movie? Sixties <laughs> were a strange time, and the fact that it was just a yeah. fertilizer sells guy, and the fact that the, I do recommend the sequels, they're <laughs> both tongue in cheek and actually explaining all the bullshit. <laughs> oh, you know, now I can think of a movie I do want to passionately defend. Uh, before we wrap up, so I don't know sure. if you're doing another round or if I should just get that in now. Uh, I'm sure we'll do another round, but you can go ahead. I spit on your grave. Oh, uh, which one? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I I'm talking about the original one, but I do like the reboot, um, pretty well. But um, that the original one really just got like shat upon when it came out, especially by Siskel and Ebert. Oh, I bet. Who, who really went out of their way to try to get the film completely banned. Um, now, I think it's a great exploitation movie. Yeah, it's kind of hard to watch. It has a very long rape scene. I think it's like over 20 minutes long. Um, <laughs> and it's like a little too gritty and realistic. So it makes you, you know, almost makes you feel like you're watching a snuff film or something. Um, yeah. But when you get to the revenge scenes, that's when it becomes really enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, also, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm friends with Camille Keaton, who is the lead actress in that. But There you go. Hey, well, right? These um, movies don't have to be appreciated by a mainstream crowd. And yes, some of them are going to have tasteless scenes that go on too long. And then it's like, well, that's why it's just getting you ready for all the other stuff that you want to see, which is them slicing up the villain and you know stomping on their yeah, testicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the bathtub scene is, is like, epic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and people act like it must score a certain score. Citizen Kane doesn't have any good score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's considered the best movie of all time, so it's just like, True. yeah, who is getting these scores or 
unwritten notes from everybody. It's like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Why are some of these uh, critics being taken seriously? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. And I ask that question every day. They weren't hits at the time, so yeah, no, they. Uh, whatever. Um. And then, I'll defend Terminator Dark Fate. That's literally the last, last good cinema experience I had. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I haven't been bothering with the theater lately, and. That one is like after years of atrocious sequels in that franchise is like this is like that was the third part I finally wanted is like just end it there, everything working against it, crappy trailer and it's like but it was still pretty, te- pretty deadly villain and good way to wrap it all up is like if only it had been done in the nineties the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my best friend called it Terminator Streaks of Gray. Oh, because of the cast <laughs> aging so much. Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll defend Cloud Atlas. Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending is kind of much like Valerian, where it's just nice to look at. Where take it or leave it story. But Cloud Atlas is pretty original fantasy. Just I, I. I get along so well with that reincarnation kind of idea, you know, all these parallel mirror universes and everything. And it's just, audiences did not eat it up and shat all over it. And I was like, seriously, you're going to defend all this Darren Aronofsky stuff and shit on this. I'll, I'll take this over that guy. I'm not a fan of pie. <laughs> Me either. We agree with you. <laughs> uh, I'd rather watch this on loop multiple times each day, as opposed to Requiem for a dream, which just makes me have to go to the restroom. <laughs> Oh, nice. uh, I guess I'll defend the RoboCop remake. Yeah, obviously it's not the gory original masterpiece, but I dug how it was kind of a still kind of a fu- making fun of Fox News, making fun of corporations and uh, gung ho America, just all that shit, war on terror, crap. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a Training Day type movie, so it was more enjoyable in a dread kind of way, but it wasn't. A must-see, but it's also just not the worst. Mo- a remake should just be its own voice, and that's why I gave it points. I actually got to see inside what how he ticks and everything. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Do I miss the gore? Sure, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be the same exact voice each time. <laughs> it's mm. not like... Are there plenty of movies I don't want them to ever remake? Sure, they should never remake Jaws. <laughs> nope. That too. <laughs> Something's gonna get lost, and everyone's gonna get pissed off. So it's like, yeah, and it's like, out of all these other movies that have like zero percent, there's so many others that are way worse off. Typically, I'm noticing there's a lot of video on demand mystery, horror, and action movies that are getting zero percent, and I generally like a lot of them. It's just that's just it. Only internet critics are gonna review this, so. Why do you expect a high score on those? But for ones that are actually being released in theaters, it's like, yeah, it's like, you don't know how much of it is just the theater experience just made for a lousy experience and it was going to play better on cable anyway, or if it just really just wasn't all that. 
or if it was fine but again it just got caught up and people are reevaluating it now because they're familiar with the special edition <laughs> you only have so much time oh that's right all right well i don't know if john saw the recut johnny mnemonic yes if you watch the actual theatrical cut that most everyone saw it's fucking terrible but if you watch the actual uncut Japanese version, totally different movie, totally rescored. It doesn't have the, you can barely see the infamous I want room service scene. <laughs> it, I still got to watch it though. It could easily rank up there with Blade Runner, if not Total Recall. But yeah, when you, when you saw the original, it played like a shitty Babylon 5, you know, just <laughs> weird, just Star Trek type episode it didn't make any sense why anyone was trying to kill him and everything it went too fast they cut out all the scenes with the villains and so it's like well i'm pretty sure someone in america had seen takshi katano's japanese yakuza movies and i'm sure someone everyone knew who dolph lundgren was but yeah they both show up and you're like why are they trying to kill him who are these people and it's like his backstory makes a difference when you don't know what's going on, you tend to just tune out. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I got the Blu-ray and it's it was worth it. I know some movies don't make a difference because all pretty much all they got is just difference in terms of just how much sex and violence they got. It's like, and that wasn't the case here. It's like you actually get inside the guy's head see how he views the industry and again the way it's scored and edited does make a difference <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. yeah the definitely score does. felt rushed and it sounded like just cheesy 90s ding, 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 just shrill it's like oh my god just shut up <laughs> i don't care who scored this movie you suck <laughs> i've heard some love for american anthem in recent years <laughs> What better way? The Olympics are on right now. What better way than just see people work out <laughs> with 80s music? <laughs> I saw Wagons East and Master Disguise have often been lampooned. I'm sorry. Police Academy grew up on that. <laughs> I was sick one high school semester. I watched all of them one day on YouTube. Made oh my, my gosh. Night. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, if you want to tear him apart, yeah, sure. There's not any plot, but you know, why would you expect it with when it just after seeing the first one when it was just making fun of? It's not even a cop movie, and that's fine too. It's just making fun of people misbehaving, doing stupid Caddyshack type stuff, and it was all improv. Oh yeah, and I missed was of, of that. Now when someone does improv, it more often than not is just a real chore. It's like, okay, I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds making shit up as he goes along. Or <laughs> It just goes for us. That's the problem. I love you, Sam Jackson, but you're showing your age here. And it's like, <laughs> you see other stuff do that. It's like, oh, it was an SNL skit. I'm like, yeah. And there was a reason it was a skit. It doesn't work as a movie. Killing Gunther. But... Mm. I saw a worse one. Than... Well, no, I didn't see I take it back. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Don't no defending that one. No. And fuck you, Arnold, for doing that movie. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll probably mention one that I know a lot of critics went after when it came out. Spawn. And just kidding. Don't it's not that. Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Jimmy Man. 
speaking of one that I, I I never understood the hate for it. So we'll since I think Scientologists, you must hate the movie. <laughs> oh, that must be it. Oh, come on. He can't have a good comeback that's not Men in Black. It's like, I don't want him to do Men in Black. I want him to do a new movie. <laughs> it's better than the Men in Black sequels, but there you go. I won't go there right now. Um, but no, I just thought it was an interesting premise and actually bought the younger Will Smith you know, with the CG, which surprisingly looked decent. And I thought the trailer did a damn good job. The trailer doesn't do a good job. It's like you see, no, it doesn't. Yeah, they. I believe they're actually in the room, so it was like, mm-hmm. and yeah, the story's not totally deep, but it still has a cool evil corporation trying to kill it and some other. It often when you did like a clone movie or something or time, they would insert all this time travel and other bullshit. It's like no, they just went to just a simple. Uh, how would I describe it? Kind of inception level, I guess, but without overdone kind of. fully. And it's just like, okay, what you need to know, you'll know. And now that you know this, here's this other part of this twist, and we'll keep that silent. And it's like, I don't know. I There wasn't too much action, because like Erica and I have talked before, there are movies that just go on too long to where you just want to go to sleep. It's just too repetitive. Yeah. I was like, do that. So it's like, I'll take it over plus, the book of Eli. <laughs> well, plus, there's also had Clive Owen, which, I mean, come yeah, on was now. the last time you saw him as a bad guy. That was fun. <laughs> it's always fun to see him. Totally. And they got Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I always, I always okay. defend her every time she's in something. Yes, love her. Can't wait for Kate. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Street and uh, Fargo were good shows that she was on. Yeah. It's weird because we read when they were supposed to do this back in the 90s, there was a bunch of directors attached. One of them being Tony Scott, which I could totally see him doing this type of film. Yeah, and then Jerry Bruckheimer <laughs> bought it back. And then I, it pissed yeah. me off even more about the Hollywood we elites who didn't want to credit the original guy who sold the script. I'm like, fuck nope. you people. Uh, Hate yeah. that. Credit people. Yeah. You're going to have to pay someone. You might as well be the guy who came up with the idea versus the guy who just rewrote five lines of dialogue. Fucking hell. Mm-hmm. True. I, in all honesty, they should all be paid. They should all have to answer for what they contributed, good or bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so another one I'm seeing that's getting mocked, Triple Nine. I still haven't seen that. That was a neo, neo-Western robbery movie. And it's like, I don't know what anyone expected. If they wanted it to be stylish and everything, it's like, no. When you do a robbery, everything is miserable and sad. So it was like, it opened up with a cool heist and ended with a cool heist, but all in between there, it had all the betrayals and every other cool blood-soaked fun that I wanted. It seemed like most of the critics liked it, but there were others who were just like, uh, I lost interest. I'm like, for real, out of all the boring shit that you nominate all the other stuff mm-hmm. that just has like one good villain and nothing else is interesting or developed everyone else just it's just a target practice is like this had a pretty cool cast of characters <laughs> definitely a fun one of the better dog day afternoon heat type movies mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> even saw it with some friends in the theater and 
they were a little disappointed too because they just wanted a little extra something. I'm like, it would be too much if you added that. Then it would just feel like a Hollywood movie. This I felt like these characters were actually robbing and fucking up. And nice. And it's like you didn't, and no one was safe, and everyone just seemed to think, oh, they're famous people, therefore I expect them to be in it longer. I'm like, anyone who you guys are just so spoiled on conventions. Just because they're in the movie doesn't mean they're gonna have a bigger role. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Rita's from Walking Dead mm-hmm. is in it and he doesn't last even the first chapter and that's okay it kind of made sense keeping looking at his character that he was getting hot headed <laughs> John Hillcote has also done other movies you might have seen the adaptation of The Road and so it's like he's like one of the few guys who knows how to do a approachable western setting that's an atypical western and is like adds all these other elements in it so yeah i think we've defended all the infamous horror sci-fi comedy (laughs) what's your most that we can do for one episode so thank you all for listening and i'm gonna go downstairs and celebrate my mother's birthday (laughs) absolutely and good picks (laughs) it's been a minute since i've heard yeah, since I've heard Fear.com or Deep Rising. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How tastes change. <laughs> exactly. Uh, not everything is black and white, let alone that clear and present. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Well, if anyone wants to promote anything, we can do that. Otherwise, we can wrap it up here. I am good, I think. Okay. I'm good as well. If your podcast ever starts up again, I know. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. 
Sometimes we may just oh we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, people. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the home video hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. 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 Good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at gohpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. Oh, oh, oh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of here. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. 
and we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby Pair it with a couple brews, baby We love your movies We love the bad ones, too So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you Oh, yeah Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes or gratuitous movies It's time to get busy With your friend Stephen Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com Welcome to Who Was She Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto, and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. How can one person's life intersect with so many others? connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast. Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. I want to thank the author Wendy Heller and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, The Life of Lydia Zeminoff, Daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zeminoff. Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network. This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant. 
two podcasts. One is the MacGyver podcast, where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson, his iconic roles, and how it's influenced our lives. There's episode discussions, interviews, and life conversations. The second podcast is the Never Gets Old podcast, where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life, from TV, movies, music, and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series, an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at VD Clinic Pod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. Hi there. It's Heather from the Watching Netflix Without You podcast. Did you know that there are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries? And that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. Then, with a delightful guest or guests, disclaimer, more often than not my brother Ryan, we spend an episode rating, reviewing, and discussing a film at length. The first half of every episode is spoiler-free for those who haven't seen it yet, and in the second half, after a very clear spoiler warning, we dive into it. And that's really about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.